Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. Before you listen, I just wanted to let you know that Mothers of the Revolution is a new documentary which tells the story of the thousands of women who came together in the 1980s at RAF Greenham Common to take a stand against nuclear proliferation. We will be recording an episode of The Guilty Feminist and screening the whole film and talking to one of the women who was there, who I believe now has a Nobel Prize. You can come for just £5. It's at the Courthouse Hotel in Shoreditch on Wednesday the 20th of October and places are strictly limited. It is actually a small house. Uh, But you're going to get to see the doc and an episode of The Guilty Feminist and meet a real-life Greenham Common woman. My my mother-in-law was one of the Greenham Common women, actually. Go to guiltyfeminist.com or follow the link in the show notes. And we have more recordings back at the regular London home of King's Place on the 25th of October and 4th of November. Get tickets now. At last, we can have intervals again. So you're going to get two episodes for the price of one. Don't miss out. Get those King's Place tickets ASAP before they all go. 25th of October, 4th of November. Finally, we have ads from ACAST now. Our model since the very first episode of The Guilty Feminist was to sell tickets to live shows. And that's how we've always paid our guests and our co-hosts. But due to 18 months in a pandemic and now an uncertain future climbing back towards live, including our Australia-New Zealand tour being postponed, we've had to think of another model. So Acast have saved the day. Now, the upside of this is that Acast have turned out to be really wonderful partners, and it means we're going to be able to do new podcasts and expand. If you don't want ads, you can contribute to our Patreon, and as well as getting advanced notice of events, Zoom hangouts with me, book stickers and other goodies, you also get an ad-free version of the show. Just go to patreon.com slash guilty feminist to get started. And now on with the podcast. I'm a feminist, but some days lately, I find I'm barely a person, much less a woman. (laughs) Oh, Debs. You're in the middle of some serious dismantling. I am. Do you mean tired or just emotionally... 
disparate. Tired and trying to kind of get back on the horse yeah. of life post lockdown. Yeah. And just generally have come to reckon with some things that I think I established during lockdown that I would never have established while I was charging around the world. Mm. But like finding out you're broken in some ways, then you think, oh, I've got to fix myself. Maybe yeah. I should have just lived in absolute ignorance of that. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not more, more broken than anyone else, but oh, I don't have to be anyone else, do I? No, you don't. <laughs> I don't yeah, have to be it's me. Tough. It's tough, I think. I don't mind a freaky Friday at some point, just body swapping with my cat or something. Lovely. They seem lovely. to have lovely lives, just lying around in sunbeams and yes. chasing the odd butterfly. Yes, having a having a wee on a plastic bag if they don't know where their new litter tray is. That's what's happening. Is that what's happening in your house? Yeah, every now and oh. again. Let's find a little puddle of wee-wee. I'm a feminist, but I looked at an objectively brilliant photograph of myself today pulling an actual fucking bus across a fucking car park and genuinely first thought was, oh, my eyes look wrinkly. I saw those photos. No one else was seeing wrinkly eyes. They were seeing a woman pulling a bus. With wrinkly eyes. (laughs) No one saw that. What was the, you don't have wrinkly eyes, number one. And even if you did, they'd be beautiful. And also when you're pulling a bus, it really just takes the attention away. You know, when Trini and Susanna used to say, if you wear a big collar, it takes attention away from the hips. If you're pulling a a big bus, it takes the attention away from the edges of your eyes a bit less. From the crow's feet. Yeah. Yeah, it's Um, true. Maybe that's my strategy. (laughs) If I go to a wedding and I'm feeling a bit, oh, you know, I'm I'm feeling a bit this and I'm feeling a bit that. Does anybody need that bus moved? Yeah. (laughs) Carry carry a bus to the wedding and no one will notice that you're in an old frock and feeling a bit rubbish. They'll just be like, what's with the bus? (laughs) Um, This is a a strategy. You could do a book about this. This is a funny... Like parody of a what not to wear book. Yeah. If you went <laughs> to detract from uh, a receding hairline, don't worry about why not carry a strike. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. An enormous man, a piggyback. Yeah. There's lots of fabulous ways to distract. Well, I, how, how was the strong? If, am I stepping on future I'm a feminist butts to talk to ask yeah. you questions about the strong woman? They're all going to be on that theme. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll wait to the end of them. Okay. Um, I'm a feminist, but while scrolling an Instagram Hollywood chain, I realised that what I wanted more than anything was for men to pick me up in the manner of Marilyn Monroe in Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And also I want the diamonds and I want the pink dress and I want everyone just to adore me. And oh, I also maybe okay. probably want to be Madonna who was parodying that, but I want to be parodying both of them. But I never will. Men aren't going to pick me up. It's not going to happen. You I'm, don't I'm, know that. I've got a hefty frame. I just think it. I mean, that's just to be fair, it was a lot of men. That that number of men could pick me up. One man couldn't pick me up. I'm yeah, never going to be. No, I'm telling Deborah, you. It doesn't right even need now. to be a man. I've seen <gasps> women. You've picked pull a bus, bus up. You yeah. could pick me up. <gasps> this is amazing. <laughs> I wasn't likening you to a bus, but I, you can't. We can't go from bus pulling chat to saying no one could ever pick me up. Uh, well, that's how I'm feeling. But I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being honest about my own feminist butts today. I can definitely pick you up. I can't dance okay. with you. Hold on, I hold on, dance. hold on. Could you be my Johnny? If I ran at you, could you do the lift at the end of Dirty Dancing? Not in a graceful way, but effective. I could effectively lift you from floor to air, yes. Okay, all right. I think we should work on that. Because right. that would be a great ending to a big Guilty Feminist show, is if you, my I'm a feminist butt is is wanting to be picked up like at the end of Dirty Dancing, but feeling no one will ever be able to. And, and your my joy is weightlifting. Is, 
Yeah, yeah. or your own from the dance. spot. I've seen is, how well you can dance. You've I really... want to lift heavy things in order to for people to distract from the lines around my eyes. Yeah. You could put those together in one great dance move. Oh my God, I think we solved that one. Um, I'm a feminist, but during my first ever strongman competition, whilst this incredible lady called Sophie was lifting a giant circus dumbbell really easily, um, it, it was so enormous and she picked it up like a feather. I was thinking, oh wow, I mean, she is ever so strong. But I was also thinking, I wonder if those are her real eyelashes because they're extraordinary. <laughs> I bet they were Lola's lashes. My I don't magnetic know. They ones. were so long. There was another amazing um, Welsh lady called Naomi who was doing this whole competition with the most fabulous nails I've ever oh, seen. Wow. There were there were so many. Um, you don't get this beautiful. in the men's strong men, do you? You don't get this no. in the men's. You don't get you don't get extra feather yeah. eyelashes and and nail art. It's awesome. I'm a feminist, but the other day I came home to the front door of my flat, the front door of the building that I share with two other flats, and one of my Lola's lashes, magnetic eyelashes, was stuck to the keyhole because it's a <laughs> magnet. So clearly I'd come back from a party, wiped an eye, and the magnetic eyelash had clung like a fridge magnet. To the, so everyone else had been having to put their key in the door with my eyelash. I suppose they left it there thinking that'll be Deborah's. I mean, we're not a close <laughs> flat block, but I bet they know it's me. They and there it is. Maybe someone put it there so I'd see it and find it. But Fabulous. it was, yeah, I was like, this is really embarrassing. I love they, that. They do, my magnetic lashes, which I'm addicted to, because it does make a big difference if I'm going out. I, I am exponentially prettier with fake eyelashes on. Um, I had fake eyelashes put on me for a job. And um, I had a message from an old work colleague, a friend, saying, have you had work done? I was like, <laughs> what? So it made me look so I completely think different. I you told me this before, yeah. Yeah. I just think they make me look prettier. I mean, I'd sort of be secretly thrilled if someone thought I'd had work done because that would mean whatever I was doing was yeah, working. Yeah, I need even to get the work is, done, yeah. Even, um, if it, even if it is. I mean, I wouldn't want it to look like fake work, you know, like, yeah. you know, that really obvious. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? No, I'm, I, we're in I'm in feminist butt zone, so it's fine yeah. to admit that it's so a compliment. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. I am a feminist butt... <sighs> I do. I wear my magnetic eyelashes too often, probably. And you wear them on I'm your face, and you wear them on your door. I'm a bit addicted to them, but yeah, they they just. I can literally put pop them on the fridge when I come in, so that they're there in the morning for me to take out. And I mean, it's absurd. I'm it's absurd. Really funny. I'm absurd. Oh, I love it. I, I think am it's very funny. Absurd. Barely a person, much less a woman. Own it. A woman's better than a person. Yeah. That's not right, is it? You can't say that. Well, I don't know. I'm a feminist, but it wasn't until a week after doing this strongman competition that a better feminist had to say to me, it's really weird that even though you did an all-women competition that day, you keep calling it a strongman competition. And um, But because, but I don't know enough about the world or the sport, but I do believe the sport maybe is called strongman. Oh, even well, if I it's all only all women doing it, but I, I mean, they were absolutely right because you can't stand for that, can you? Not when it was, I think about fifteen women and no men at all, all doing this. And it's still called strongman day, yeah. Come on, it, the, yeah. Call it strong women, Bloody strong hell. people, strong people, the, women's category. That's, 
outrageous. Well, I think we should campaign to change that name. Well, I'm going to keep, I loved it. And to answer the question you began asking earlier, I had the funnest day, probably in the top 10 funnest days of my life. And I've been to, I've tried all the drugs. I've been to theme parks. I've done laser quest. I've done escape rooms. And it was funner than those things, nearly than some of them. And it was, I got more nervous than I've ever been before any gig. I dropped a very heavy natural stone upon my own head. Oh my God. And it was fine. Oh my God. I just sort of foolishly thought, oh, I'll just rest this here. I sort of gently begun to rest it on my head oh, until shit. the crowd started screaming, fuck, oh fuck, no. And then luckily yeah, sort of just quickly put, popped it down again. Um, yeah. And then oh my God. I just met the most amazing people and it was so ridiculous. It was ridiculous and absurd and joyful and inspiring and humbling and brilliant. And we it's can a, see all of the videos on your Instagram. And, yeah, I put them in my story highlights. Oh, great. So look in the story of look me in the and story other women highlights. In, on a, in a post today. It was so impressive to see. I was so proud of you. Um, and just this sort of joyful participation of all these women. Yeah. And everyone, and the people of Deptford coming out and having a, a bellow at us all. And that last event, pulling a bus around a park. It was really well run. It's an amazing little independent gym called Commando Temple in Deptford. And they're really, really up for getting more women involved in it. It's obviously a very male-dominated sport. So if you're um, in or near Deptford, get involved well, yeah, and join these near, women. You can email, that. you can find them on Facebook. And you, you don't need to be uh, nervous about not feeling welcome there. They will have someone who can guide you around it and take you from absolute zero experience. And it's just a complete laugh. If you think you might be into the sort of moving your body that's, you know, not really cardio at all, it's really fun throwing, you know, picking things up and putting things down and waddling around with them. I should make it sound better than that. It is so fun. If you think you might fancy pulling a bar shot, flipping a tyre, flipping a tyre is so fun. It's so cathartic. How many women did it take to pull that bus? Every single woman there pulled that bus on their own. But in on different their own, ways. you all- yep. You if you, there were two categories. Did you move it? They were, were you able to move it? I came second in that event, Debs, out of everyone. Oh, my God. Second um, in bus pulling. You yeah. can definitely lift me up. I, I can I, lift you up. I can deadlift much, much more than you. I can definitely lift you up, I promise. This is going to be so exciting. But, um, but yes, there were women the that, there were women that made life. it. Yeah. Those mean, are the noises that will be happening during the dance. I'll be wearing the baby dress. From not a baby dress, the dress that baby wore in Dirty Dancing. You'll be wearing a baby grow, and I'll be wearing, I will be wearing Uh, horizontal um, stripes to distract, as well as pulling a bus. Yes. From a variety of bedrooms and kitchens via Zoom, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Jessica Foster-Q, and our very special guests, Eleanor Sopa, Ashley and Fatima, talking about youth. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White. With me is Jessica Foster-Q and we're talking about youth. What do you know about youth, Jessica Foster-Q? What don't I know about youth? I mean, I'm certainly a young... I had one. 
You have one. Yes, you have yeah. one. I feel certainly still like about, I reckon I'm about 24 in my head, in my yeah. heart. I did feel maturity. like that until after the pandemic. And now I feel very old. I feel like Do it's you? A, Yeah, I think, I think the last 18 months actually for me took 18 years. Wow. And, yeah. um, and now I am tired even up. Just as the amount of fun I've had starting this conversation with you yeah. means I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yes, I know that feeling. I know that yeah. feeling. What used to be just a normal week, which was going out every single night and you know doing gigs and then filling all the days and rushing here and rushing there, I could no, I, I don't believe I'll ever be able to do again what I was doing up until the minute the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I've just Same. gone, oh, no. Um, but young people... Yeah. Can do these things. And I, I've recently learnt at another Guilty Feminist recording the word yeet. Do you know what Ooh. yeet means? No, you'll have to tell me what it yeet means. It means to throw. Look at all these young people laughing because they know. It, what is it to throw? To throw. So, Do you uh, mean to sort of um, to throw away or no, um, to, to take a ball and yeet it for a yeah, dog? I'm going to yeet this phone at you. Yeet it here. Could you say yeet it here, young people who are on the call? Don't don't ever no, don't ever mute yourselves. Don't mute yourselves on the guilty feminist because we want yeah. we want your we want your chuckles. You don't say that. What no, would you you wouldn't say yeet it here? So how would you use no. it? It'd be That's more not? like you chuck something and you shout yeet as it sails through the air. Yeet. Oh, you it's oh it's a sound effect. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. Oh, I okay, do like that. I had. Yeah. In a very real way, misunderstood what Yeet meant until this very second. <laughs> so I had sort of, the, I had it right, a bit like, you know, when you're speaking a foreign language and you learn a word and you think you know how what that word means, but really in the context, you're not using it correctly. No. Have you been talking to young people and saying, please may you eat me the salt? Pretty much. Um, yeah, lovely yeah, dogs. Do so it turns out I, I'm, I would never I'm not that. as down with youthful people as I thought I was even from the other day learning the yeet word. Have you got any young people's like, does your little boy use any slang that you think is of the youth? He's a bit too small maybe for that. Oh, no, he's not too small, Deborah. He's growing up in Catford. He calls me bruv. Um, he calls me man. He calls me dude. Wow. Um, yeah, all of that. Okay. All of that slang, yeah. So he's, he's down with the kids. Yes, he um, is. He's down with the actual literal kids, yeah. Uh, do Gen Z irritate you in any way? And I'm um, a present company accepted, of course. And did, and did Gen Z give you hope, Jess? Yes, lots of hope. Very wise, very active, very confident, mm -hmm. um, very progressive. Very, I mean, the only bit I think is disappointing is the, there seems to be a lot of sobriety. And sensibility, actually. Yeah. Like, I hope some mistakes are being made to get learned from. I feel like the only people I know occasionally getting themselves in a right old pickle, in good and bad ways, are in their 30s and 40s now. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. whole world is one great big Benjamin Button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. They're going to have to, they're going to really resent us when we've all, when we've all um, played as hard as we worked and need lots and lots of care from probably a relatively young age compared to them. Also, I hope they know they're all going to live till they're about 300 if they carry on like that. Yeah. Also, in some ways, this is a bit in the I'm a feminist but territory. 
Jen said aren't very serious at times. And mm. I and I feel it's our fault because we we're leaving them a serious world. Yes. So they're not just ever kind of lolling around in a park, staring at the sky, going, Oh, I wonder if he'll text me back. I mean, I'm sure some of them are somewhere, but the visible ones are a lot of the time very serious and sometimes they're a bit angry with jokes. And, oh, that and happens, that, yeah. Yeah. And and for we Gen Xers, are you Gen Xer? You're millennial, aren't you? I'm millennial, thank yeah. you. Geriatric, but millennial. Actually. Are you I'm a ger- representing ger- the millennials? Thank you, Elena. Elena, are you a geriatric millennial, Jess? You're not. I am. I think I'm. Te- or Zenel. Zenel. Oh, what is it called? There's a lovely podcast by Gareth Gwynn and Elsit. I can't say her name properly. She's a Welsh comedian who's brilliant, and they've got a podcast called Zenelial. I think that's how you say it. Uh, it's a very small window of millennials that I'm in that was born between, I think, something like, I was born in 83, basically. So yeah, it's around those years. A very specific type of millennial. So it's a sort of XY cusper. You're a yeah. cusper. Yeah. So you're a, uh, an early adopter millennial. Mm. First of the breed. Uh, yeah. yeah. So sometimes, this is my hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them, I find young millennials and Gen Zs aren't very good with jokes, but I also think we've left them quite a serious world. We've, we've yes. kind of put them in it and they're like, we've got to fix everything right now. All your social constructs are fucked. And also yeah. look at this environment. And they've yeah. sort of become the mumps. So they're kind yeah. of coming and going, get your feet off this planet. To be honest, I think that pattern's been going on for a while though, because I've got boomer parents and compared to them, I'm serious. They're the most hedonistic people I've ever met. Couldn't give a shit. Easy life. Such an easy life. I'm happy to say it. They've been drunk since they were 18, my parents. They're happy as clams. (laughs) At least we've had to, like, save up for stuff for ourselves. No, that's true. Pay for our educations. And not uh, not say it's good that we've had to pay for university educations, etc. But all of that. It's not just these two sets of uh, generational categories where it's got more serious. I think that's been a... Longer, longer running pattern. I think that's a really good insight, actually. Yeah, because we couldn't buy a house for seven pounds fifty. No, on a two-year mortgage and an entry-level job, and go. Yeah, yeah, bought my house now in Islington. In is in yeah. Islington. It's true. Someone said to me recently as well: the baby boomers, by definition, missed the Second World War, but then dated before AIDS. So Ooh. they dated with. No, you know, like with 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 abandon in a way. Yeah, there wasn't the sort of fears coming along there. I Although, dated with abandon, I think. Debs. Yeah, but well, then I had a boomer were... parent who gave me terrible sex advice. What was the terrible sex advice? Well, it was half brilliant. Um, she said, "Whatever you do, the first time you have sex, that's the worst sex you'll ever have," which I think is one of the most amazing bits of advice ever. She said, "Don't let it put you off; it only gets better." And but then sadly she said, but whatever you do, don't ever use a condom; it ruins it. <gasps> she did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. did not. And that was very much post AIDS. Yeah. Wow. Oh, also, yeah. <laughs> I should just clarify before anyone emails in. Yeah. I think a lot of boomers did date throughout AIDS as well, and yeah. and that was the the you know that was a sort of terrifying and tragic and very you know a, a time wrapped with you know not that. People can't get AIDS now, but we know that obviously the situation has changed. So if you are a boomer and also lots of boomers were not in a position to buy a house and lots of boomers 
have yes. had their own struggles and were raised. Hashtag, hey, hashtag not all boomers. Yeah, well, some boomers were raised on rations, you know, yeah. and had a really crappy time. So if you are a boomer, and a lot of boomers as well fought hard for feminism. So if you yeah. are a boomer, we love you too. But today yes. we are focused. We'll, we should do a boomer rep. We should invite some boomers on and do a boomer rep. But today we are focused very, very clearly on uh, on these young people. Our first guest today is the programmes coordinator for YWCA Scotland, the Young Women's Movement, and one of the facilitators of the Orpheus Girls Project. Is that my pronouncing that correctly? Uh, I, well, it was Fatima that came up with the name, and I believe it's Ur. Ur. Okay. Of the Orpheus Girls Project. Please welcome Eleanor Sopa. Woo! Hi, everyone. She is joined by two high school students from Dundee who are founding members of the Ua Fierce Girls Project. Please welcome Ashley and Fatima. So, Eleanor, let's go to you first. You're the coordinator for the YWCA Scotland. Uh, What does uh, YWCA stand for? It stands for the Young Women's Christian Association, but that is the historical name of the organisation, but we keep it. Because that's where our roots are. Um, so okay. we're more on the young women's movement side now. So it's like the famous village people song, YMCA. It is. Uh, so it's where young women. people could go. And originally it was named uh, because it was a Christian organisation, but now mm-hmm. it has evolved. But it's very famous, the YMCA and therefore the YWCA. So let's not go changing it now after there's a perfectly good famous disco number about it. It, is. it would seem and- churlish. The amount of people that refer to us as YMCA. Oh. Still, we think we should come up with our own song and uh, try and get that back. But World YWCA is a very big movement globally. So the YWCAs deserve the same recognition and representation. So there's the Young Women's Movement. That's the part that you're running for the YWCA. Um, And could you tell us a little bit about the Young Women's Movement and what it's doing in terms of feminism for young people? Yes, so we are um, based in Scotland. Uh, We have two kind of parts of our work. We have our community centre in Glasgow where we work with women of all ages um, and our work is not really about crisis intervention but those kind of next steps when it comes to confidence building and taking the next step in, in people's lives and empowering them. And then our national work, which is for young women across Scotland, we run programs and we have one program that we run ourselves. And then we run programs like this one in partnership with other organisations. So for this program in particular, we're with Dundee City Council and NSPCC Scotland. And we also do annual research about uh, the status of young women in Scotland and a lot of digital campaigning as well. So kind of a all-round um, campaigning, research and um, programmes charity. So this is a great and active thing to be doing in Scotland. And I know whenever we go to Scotland, it seems so much more progressive. And I'm sure there are ways in which you f- feel that it isn't or, you know, struggles that you have. But there is a sort of, I don't know, there's something going on there over the border that I feel like is a is a sort of fire. And it may be in response to... British occupation, honestly, that may be where its origins lie. Um, but do you think there's more of a sort of liberal, progressive, fiery spark? Yeah, I think there is. And I think, you know, 
the feminist sector in Scotland is so small. Um, and, you know, we're all sharing funding and everything between kind of a small amount of organizations that are kind of working on women's rights that we're really close knit. And there's a really mm. like sense of community there where, you know, for example, because there's not a lot of people working there, if you know that you've got a particular expertise on one thing and you want to do a project and you know another organization could bring in some of their expertise as well, then there is that kind of want to go in and and do that joined up working, which I think is really important. And I think, you know, the sisterhood is alive and well. I mean, and that is not to say that we don't have problems in Scotland. Of course we do. But I think there's a lot about the culture that, you know, we want to see ourselves as the kind of like progressive you know, better, more equal society, you know, to England, perhaps, to the rest mm-hmm. of the UK, perhaps, but also in, in the world, we like to see ourselves as, as brave and world leading. And so when things come up, such as, for example, the period poverty bill that passed into law um, at the end of last year, you know, that is a world leading piece of legislation. And I think we like to be proud of ourselves. And that means that we push it. And then when it eventually comes in for horse in England, which I'm sure it will, because some, that's what happens and the rest of the UK Scotland does something and then it's swiftly followed up um carrier bag charges smoking ban just to drop a couple of there so I'm sure period products will come next um for you as well we we are hungry for your scraps yeah um, we'll have them I and you can absolutely have, have sloppy seconds on all your ideas no I didn't realize you did the old carrier bags first I thought that was Wales I think it was us Oh, great. Someone's going to email in now. Yeah. I mean, it, might have, it was probably Scotland and Wales first and then... It definitely wasn't England and we can all celebrate that. It's absolutely true. I remember the smoking band though. Do you remember going up to the Edinburgh Festival and... and smoking was, every day. Yes, delicious. And I then, miss that. And, and do you remember the first time you had to go outside on the Brooks Bar Fire Escape <laughs> to have a cigarette? Yeah. And how weird it was to be yeah. sort of marshalled outside. And now I don't smoke... Um, but I have smoked at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. and Nobody I, who smokes at the Edinburgh Festival smokes the rest of their life. <laughs> well, do you know what, Jess? Once I said to a doctor, she said, do you smoke? And I said, well, I've just come back from the Edinburgh Festival. And um, if I do stand up comedy there it's after a gig, I like a cigarette. And she went, oh, my God, if you do stand up comedy, of course you need to smoke. It was so <laughs> stressful. She said, oh, I would definitely. She said, oh, I gave up smoking. It's so lovely. I really miss it. And sort of wanted me to. Oh, I love she it. was sort of like, tell me about how that cigarette was after oh. that gig it was so funny anyway i haven't smoked anyway. for years just yeah. young people listening that was an unwise like uh, i'm not i'm not worried about setting a bad example i'm worried about the gen Z's telling me off as, as young as people t- listening i have smoked for years but i have given up again now don't worry it's been a year Yes, well done. The Gen yes. Zs are applauding and let's bring this them in. This time I gave up because my five-year-old at the time, four-year-old, said to me, I heard in the summer's over, you're going to stop doing the old adult blowing. didn't know the name <laughs> for it. And that sounded much worse than smoking cigarettes. And I thought, I've got to stop because what if he's telling, he's about to go to school and what if he says to people... My mum does adult blowing in the garden. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, that you were actually, about to that, introduce these No, I was, people. I was. Yeah, that, that, no, actually, I won't tell that story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fatima and Ashley, you're both at school and you have founded 
the Oofias Girls Project. Could you please tell us what it is? Fatima, you came up with a name, um, Eleanor said. What, how did you come up with this name? Yeah, well, I actually took the inspiration from, um, have you heard of the Irwoi Bucket Trail? Yeah. It's an integral part of Scotland and Scottish culture. So Huge I took deal. that and I took the fact that all of us young women in the campaign are all pretty fierce, pretty amazing. So I combined the two and I got Ur Fierce Girls. So what was that? Can you it. tell us about the, what is the original one? The Ur? The Ur Willy. Uh, it's Willy. a character, like a, yeah. or you'll have to explain. Like, it was like the, a comic book character. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Ur like our. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I see, I see. So it's the Ur Fierce Girls. Ashley, what do Oofias girls stand for? Um, we kind of stand for solidarity with females and girls and kind of standing up for sexual harassment and abuse in wow. young girls and building the education around it for them. That's really exciting. What is it that you do? Um, so we're trying to bring more of that into education and into schools to make teachers more aware of what could be happening with relationships at a young age and to try and bring more education for the teachers so that they can have healthy conversations with young girls to make sure that they are they know what's going on and what could happen to them so they so it doesn't. So how does that play out, Fatima? Are you creating content or methods for people to talk about these things? Yeah, so we've developed a range of toolkits. We've got one aimed at young people in schools and other settings we've got one for professionals and one for parents and carers wonderful jess did you have a question i wanted to know whether um this was part of or is in any way running alongside the sort of brilliant new changes that have come into primary school relationships education or is that different in england than in scotland but like as of this september primary school kids are getting taught a much broader um, curriculum about relationships. And it's not, um, I think there was a bit of backlash and it was all in the press because it sounded like it was sex education, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not, it's relationship education. And I think especially what very young primary school kids are being taught is exactly like it sounds like your brief is. And then in terms of like teaching all the different things a relationship can look like and what a healthy relationship is. And it, does it start at primary school? Is it anything to do with that? Or is it like on top of that and in addition to that? So I think, yeah, it'd be helpful to talk about how it started. So um, in 2018, YWCA Scotland, one of the programmes called Young Women Lead, on which I was a participant and I now uh, run that programme, um, released a report looking at sexual harassment in Scottish schools. Um, so what was happening? How is it being handled? What could be done better? And then in that same year, the NSPCC in the UK uh, released a report looking at peer-to-peer sexual abuse based on um, calls that were coming into Childline. And so back then, Dr. Patricia Kupiet, who's the CEO of YWCA Scotland, and Carla Molseed, who's the Scottish Campaigns Manager at NSPCC Scotland, decided that this could be a really good opportunity to do some joint up working, looking at healthy relationships in, in schools in Scotland and um, ways that we could combat this. And then a number of things happened, maternity leaves, pandemic, um, mm. you know, the usual. And um, we kicked off this programme and linked up with Dundee City Council um, to 
kind of develop it and did this with no funding for it. We just decided to get on with it in the middle of a pandemic. And so it sits separately from kind of PSE in terms of what's being done at a governmental level. Scotland did a PSE review a few years ago around the same time that these reports were coming out. And so what we're doing now is we're got what we've got in Dundee and schools are now back. So we're going to be kind of rolling it out to every school in Dundee, getting feedback on how it is working and then hopefully um, look to go nationwide and start bringing more young people onto the project as well. Brilliant. It's amazing. But how do you get secondary school students like Ashley and Fatima to kind of get involved in it, to then create the content, like come up with the name like, how does that happen? Because I think when I was a teenager, if anything like this had sort of happened, it would have been done all by adults. And I certainly wouldn't have had a say in it. It would have been imposed upon us. We've discussed this, Deborah. They're a lot more serious now. This is what and I was sensible. just about to say. And we <laughs> rightly weren't allowed anything, anywhere near anything so important. But now they are, they look very, <laughs> they know they're not very wrinkly, but they're basically more wise than us, Debs. Mm. Like yes, Yoda's surprisingly very small, not difficult. but much wiser. Yoda's small, but wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, neither of you do look in any way diminutive. I don't, I, I mean, you look, Fatima, you look very stylish and your earrings. And Ashley, I am a feminist, but the main question I've got for you is what light yeah, are what you lipstick using? Is that? Yeah. In the yeah. lighting, <laughs> you look like you're on a professional photo shoot. It's like a green, <laughs> hazy light, like a golden light that makes it look like it's magic hour. And uh, you were just sort of there with your ringlets. I'm in my dad's kitchen. He's got really nice light on. And I got this Lovely. lipstick and a Christmas stocking. Wow. Oh, is yes. That a, is that a special and Where did you get though? your earrings from, Fatima, please? They're lovely. The joys of Instagram. <laughs> oh, lovely. Absolutely Again, lovely. Incredible. So much more fashionable. Anyway, sorry, back to the very serious. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, how did you get involved to write this curriculum or, you know, engage with this? I saw it on Twitter. It was something that my school shared that they were looking for more people. So I was sitting with my friend in maths, bored out of our skulls. And um, this was just something I really wanted to be a part of. So I did their application and signed up and I got accepted. And when I told you I cried when I got accepted, that would not be a lie. And I'm not ashamed to admit Aww. it. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. Yay. And then what was that experience like? Like you got accepted and then what happened? Was there a gathering of young people? No, it was on a team's call. The first time I oh, ever was it during COVID? was last week for 30 seconds at her <sighs> high school when I was on a different meeting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't even mean to see her. So or they were asking young people, again, this is a, just such a new thing for me, that they're, out, they're consulting the people it matters to who actually would mm. know. Fatima, how did you hear about it? Um, I'm not going to lie, I was the exact same. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter and my school had retweeted it and I thought, oh my God, this is perfect. So I applied immediately and yeah, ever since, I've loved it. <laughs> Great. And so this has all been done like on Teams calls and stuff where you've come up with the ideas around it, the name, how it might best be put together. Can you give us an insight into some of the material in the pack? So any any insight into what we might learn if we got this pack? Yeah, so it's mainly conversation starters and they're adapted differently based on the audience they're intended for, but it's for like professionals and families to have conversations with young people to make sure that they know 
what a healthy relationship looks like and what they should avoid in a relationship but also mm. what young people should say to each other to make sure that their friends are okay because sometimes you don't feel comfortable going to an adult but speaking to one of your best friends could really help so for example what would be a conversation starter about a good relationship because i think i might need this <laughs> Well, you said that just as your husband's left the room. <laughs> That's true. No, no, Quite but I mean, just actually. in general, broader, you know, broader things, life lessons. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I think... I mean, We're going to turn I, this into therapy where we, those Debs and I find out how to avoid bad relationships. Yeah, just like what kind of things should we be looking for in life? You know, I think the only reason I ask this is because I've been doing some therapy lately and I discovered I'm essentially broken. So I would love some... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for what? laughing. Sorry for laughing. Awesome. And I just, everything was messed up about like that era for me of young, young peopleness. Um, and like when I was young and I didn't learn these things. So what's a conversation starter and what might you guide people to? So it kind of goes along the lines of ask how they're feeling. This is one from the professional's perspective. So ask young girls how they're feeling at that time. Um, and ask about their friends and their relationships with others and how they feel about those relationships and just kind of ease them into it and let them know that they're somebody that they can speak to and it's not scary and it's not there's no pressure on them. So it's things like creating positive atmosphere and make sure that they're in a space where they're able to speak freely without being overheard by people they don't want to speak to. So it's nothing specific like say these words because if you said that, it would just be scripted and it wouldn't feel comfortable or natural. Whereas it just gives tips on how to make the space safe and what not to say. Interesting. Really interesting. Is there anything that you would like listeners of The Guilty Feminist to know about this, Fatima, either so that they can start to do some of this stuff themselves or maybe they're in Scotland and they can access this? Can people outside Scotland access it or only in Scotland? Yeah, um, anyone could access it from the YWCA website. I would highly recommend going and checking it out. Um, I think it's really important because it can often be really scary to like open up and start these conversations. But it's definitely something that needs to happen because everyone, you know, deserves to feel safe in a relationship, and everyone deserves to feel happy and comfortable. Yeah, that is certainly true. Um, is there anything else you'd like us to know about it? Eleanor, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? No, because I've been on a train all day and I don't even know what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm much more tiring than it used to be, isn't it? The old it life. Is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll edit that out. I'm sure my, my boss will be like, why didn't you say this? No, we'll but edit it out. This She'll never know. Mentioned Dundee City Council. Check. NSPCC okay. Scotland. Check. Check. So that Got was it. my to-do list. You've done that. We'll edit that out. Tom, Lovely. edit that Lovely. out. Lovely. I love a short to-do list. <laughs> Ashley, I do. is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? Just that like, we understand that the conversations aren't might not just be uncomfortable for the young girl. It could be uncomfortable for the adult too. Because I know from experience that a lot of older people are not the most emotionally available at times. But that doesn't mean that we don't deserve a calm conversation. You know, a conversation like this can be good for both parties. And it's just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. Mm. That's my whole thing at the moment is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. It's a good mantra. Fatima? 
Is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? No, just that, you know, I would encourage everyone to use the toolkit. And I think that everyone deserves to feel happy in a relationship. And I think that women, you know, need to see their worth and see their potential and see that they are so much more than like a toxic relationship. I second that. Third. I said that. I fourth then. I fourth. I got I, in slow. Fourth. I fifth it. I have to fifth it because there's nothing else left. Um, yes. But I am so encouraged that at your age, you would be sitting there thinking, I know how not to get into a toxic relationship. And I would be able to guide my friends if I was worried they were in a toxic relationship. I was going to say, is there, because there are toolkits you could use if you've got a friend who you're quite sure is in one. I'm going to download this kit because I think everybody needs it. As you should. Yeah. Or everybody <laughs> knows someone who does, 100%. And yes. the good news is, sadly, is that we have got a little bit of funding now to take it forward over the next three years. So it's going to go big. But Fatima and Ashley and Elena and Tammy and Megan and Olivia and Katie are the pioneers of this. Yes. And, and I also have to mention Sarah Anderson from Dundee City Council, who has just been amazing excellent I Gloria. see Ashley punching the air at the sound of funding which is we love really... some money in here you know we love it <laughs> maybe we can get yeah. t-shirts maybe we can meet in person the possibilities <laughs> are endless it would be a good start <laughs> do you like donations or do you only get funding from official bodies we like donations for the you enjoy a donation <laughs> you enjoy a donation where we can enjoy people a donate ywcascotland.org slash donate and is this where we can download the pack as well at the YWCA yes. Scotland? So ywcascotland.org. If you go into the Our Work tab, you'll see the Urfierce Girls. You can download the toolkits there. Magic. And you can also donate to the NSPCC Scotland. And I don't think Dundee City Council take donations. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't really, should they? I think that's, that is accurate. I'm sure we should do a whole other podcast episode about budgeting for local authorities. Yeah, funding, funding <laughs> local councils. So if you would like to make a donation uh, to help this work go further, absolutely great. In the meantime, if you are a young person or know a young person or you yourself just think, mm, toxic relationships, consent, things like that, I'm never sure about these things in the way that I'd like to be, then download this kit because it's been made with and for young people in mind. But it sounds like part of our theme, the young people could also be teaching the old people. Uh, so Ashley and Fatima and Eleanor, thank you so much for coming on The Guilty Feminist. Thank you for having us. Jessica Foster-Q, it's been absolutely amazing to see you. Do you have anything to plug? I tell you what, I'd like to plug these things. I've got a podcast called Hoovering. I've got a bunch of new material gigs coming up in the autumn previews, but I mean, it's, it'll be new material. It's the very seedlings of a new show. But also my dear, brilliant, and frankly, genius, hilarious friend, Bridget Christie is going on tour in a few weeks Ooh, yeah. um, with a new show, I think called Who Am I? And it's, I had, I've seen it, a preview of it, and it's extraordinary. And it's about the menopause. And I've never heard it spoken about in such a Ooh. funny, refreshing, I'd go so far as to say empowering way. And as ever, because it's Bridget, very silly, joyfully silly, nothing earnest about it. Um, Everyone's got to go and see that. Menopause yeah. show from Bridget Christie coming to a yes, town near bloody please. you. Um, check out your local theatre or club and see if Bridget's coming there or just go on Bridget's website and see where she's yeah. coming and go there. 
that's probably better. Uh, Jess Foster Q, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to have you and all the buses that you pulled. Thank you. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Jessica Foster Q, and our very special guests, Eleanor Soper, Ashley, and Fatima. Producer was Tom Solitsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Craftman, Gina DC, and everyone who made this episode happen, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Just put the link in the chat in case Ashley or Fatima want to read out the exact. Oh, I yeah, see. I click one because I couldn't remember them off the top of my head. I know. Oh, okay, I've, I've, I've disappeared now because I'm looking. Uh, can you still see me? Hold on, hold on. I can't see you anymore. I'm just going to call Tom. Tom, sorry, I've lost them because I was trying to open a materials doc that they had up and now I've lost everything. This wouldn't happen to it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I need my husband to sort out Zoom. (laughs) That's going to be the outtake right there. That's going to be the blooper at the end. God damn it. Um, The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.